and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast, a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church, where we share stories of God's transforming power as seen in the lives of our church members. Alrighty, well, hello and welcome to the Rejoicing Together podcast. My name is Nate Trawick, and I am joined today uh, by my dad. Uh, dad, uh, his name is Jeff Trawick, uh, for those of you who maybe don't know that. Um, but uh, just, uh, Dad, thanks for coming on this afternoon. Oh, great to be here. Uh, so uh, just wanted to um, maybe give you an opportunity to share a little bit about your story. Um, I know a lot of people, um, when they hear about your journey to medicine and all that, they're, they're kind of like, whoa, that's crazy. Um, but... Uh, before we get there, maybe just share with those who are listening just a little bit about yourself, um, maybe some information that might be good for other people to know. I uh, am currently a resident over in Pendergrass, Georgia. We've been uh, members here at Maysville for uh, about 13 years now and uh, really enjoy being here. Um, both uh, my wife, Amy, and I grew up in South Alabama, uh, went to the same high school, and uh, she actually asked me out on our first date. Um, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. So, <laughs> and of course, we have uh, two children, you, of course. And our, our oldest child is Elizabeth, uh, who is currently living in South Alabama with Amy's mom uh, and is um, uh, planning on going to graduate school to be an occupational therapist. And you, of course, are a minister here. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe I didn't have this written down in the questions, but just maybe walk everybody through kind of your adult working journey. Because I was talking to, I guess I was talking to Lee the other day, and we were talking about, he was like, what all did your dad do before he was a doctor? And I was like, well, that's kind of a long story. (laughs) So maybe just share some of the things that you've done before. Yeah, so I'll even back up to when I was in high school. I actually DJed country and top 40 radio when I was in high school. And then in college, I uh, DJed at a uh, the college station, which did jazz and classical. And coming from, from you know, country with that accent to, to going to classical was sort of a transition. But uh, we made that. And then, uh, you know, I've felt since the age of, probably five years old or maybe even younger that uh, I wanted to be a doctor and was always fascinated with uh, being a physician. But uh, one thing than another, I've always been an impatient sort. And so when um, when I graduated from high school, I went off to college thinking that I would uh, become a doctor. And uh, the first time I'd been away from home, first time that I had uh, been out from under the sheltering wings of my mother, and uh, I just decided that the world had a lot of attractions, unfortunately, and uh, got involved with a lot of uh, the uh, uh, fraternity scene and so forth, and uh, as a result, made a total wreck of my first year in college. And uh, so I began to think in my own mind and actually had a professor tell me that I might should consider another career because I, I wasn't going to make it uh, in medicine with the kind of grades I was posting at that, at that point in time. And so I sort of took that to heart and uh, left my, the, the school that I started in as a freshman in college and, and came back home to South Alabama 
and started going to the University of South Alabama in Mobile and discovered that they had a, a paramedic program. Well, growing up in the in the late 60s and early 70s, um, I fell in love with the old TV show Emergency, and, and they <laughs> had paramedics. And I thought, gosh, I could be a paramedic, you know. And so I decided to go to paramedic school instead of focusing on pre-med to go to med school. And uh, I spent about 14 years uh, working as a paramedic. Uh, unfortunately, though, I working on the ambulance um I'll get back to that story in a second, but the uh, uh, while a paramedic, I was uh, able to work offshore on an oil rig as a medic. I flew on the helicopters a little bit as a medic. Also had the opportunity to do two rather unique things as a medic. One of those was to go to Kuwait during uh, or right after the first Gulf War while they were extinguishing all the oil well fires, and work there as a medic while they were they were trying to get all those oil wells put out. And then uh, subsequent to that, I was, I was actually able to go to um, eastern Russia, um, to Sakhalin Island, just north of Japan, and work as a paramedic uh, for uh, about a year and a half, uh, working, working a few weeks on and a few weeks off. Uh, we worked over there as they were trying to build an oil refinery as a joint Russian-American venture. Um, at the end of the day, though, I hurt my back working uh, in, in the emergency medical field and had to find something else that I enjoyed. And I'd always loved, since my, my first year in college, I had fallen in love with uh, computers and computer programming. And so uh, I actually went into the IT business and did computer networking and security for uh, a significant amount of time. Uh, probably 12 or 14 years of that as well. So I, I had sort of uh, sort of the chapters of, of my life for about 14 years in EMS and then another 12 or 14 years in IT before I finally got to medical school. But uh, the IT world actually gave me some interesting experiences too. I worked with a consulting group that was called to help the Pentagon uh, recover from the the uh, damage that they suffered after the 9-11 plane crash. And so I got to spend some significant time with the DOD and the Pentagon helping them to recover and, and did some security consulting for the DOD after that, which was a really interesting experience. But all throughout that time, I wasn't a day that went by that I didn't think about, you know, why didn't you go to med school? And it was always something I felt called to do, something I felt led to do. And as I moved along through life and, and you and your sister came along, you know, you begin to think, well, is it even possible anymore? And plus my overall grade point average in college due to that first year was not that great. And so you wonder, are you even acceptable to, to a medical school? But, uh, throughout the time that Amy and I have been married, she will tell you that I made several sort of uh, uh, half-hearted attempts to, to get ready to go back and see if I could go to med school. And then for one reason or another, life would get in the way or I would give up on that idea. And so I would say, well, I'm going to get ready to go to med school. And then that would fall through the, the cracks. But uh, finally, the, the urge just got so strong that in, uh, I guess, around uh, 2000, 
2006 or seven, um, I decided to go and do some prerequisites that I had not yet completed and just see if I could do well enough to, to get there. And I did. I, I made really good scores in those classes. So I went and I took the medical college admissions test and uh, did well enough on it to be competitive in, in admissions and uh, applied um, to basically the schools that were close to where we are here in Georgia and was accepted to one, uh, which was uh, the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine down in Swanee. Uh, PCOM has been uh, a fixture in, in Philadelphia for over 100 years, and, and probably about seven or eight years before I started med school, they opened the branch here in Swanee. So it was almost tailor-made for, for me to be able to do that and, and still live at our home. And, and that's the closest med school to home, right? I mean, it, Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, and keep you kids in school. I was able to live at home, drive back and forth to class every day, and, and so forth. Um, and, uh, you know, when I told mom that I was definitely going this time, you know, it was a little bit of a struggle for her to, to uh, have faith in that, I guess, because of all the failed attempts or, or half-hearted attempts I'd made in the past. But as she began to pray about it and think about it, she realized that it was, you know, we were finally there. I'd, I'd actually been accepted now. And, I love the story that yeah, uh, of mom when – you finally decided that you were going to do it and you wanted to sit down with John Kinsey yeah. um, at the time. And uh, mom, mom said that when she found out that you wanted to sit down with the pastor, she was like, are we going to get it? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> is something wrong in our marriage that I don't know about? Like, what is he going to tell me? And then yeah. she said that, you know, once she, once you told her, she was just like, Oh, like that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it could be a lot worse. Well, uh, you know, and I, I, um, I wanted to sit down and do it with our pastor at the time, who was John Kinsey. One thing I didn't mention about my work history is that uh, when I was in college and then again after we moved to Georgia, uh, and I moved to Georgia to, to continue work in the IT business after having worked primarily in Louisiana in, in the paramedic world, um, we moved to Georgia, and we initially were members at North Metro First Baptist um, down in um, in uh, Lawrenceville and um, then I sort of felt led to go back and do something I'd done in college which was to lead music part-time at a couple of small churches and I was at uh, Mount Salem Baptist Church in Flowery Branch for about seven years and then moved over to Harmony Hall in uh, just outside of Gainesville for another four years uh, where John Kinsey was the pastor and so yeah we when, when I wanted to tell her this, because of all of those past stop-and-go efforts of mine, I said, well, I better have the pastor to support me on this. And uh, so we uh, we sat down uh, with John, and, and yeah, Mom was like, Amy was like, uh, uh, gosh, what is going on that's so serious? He wants to talk to me with our pastor. And she was at first okay with it, but then after she thought about it a little bit, she was again sort of on that uh, – that path of, gosh, you've tried this before, you know, what makes me think you're going to do it this time? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think it was just God's timing to get me in that place at that moment. And quite frankly, there was a lot of, in, in past years, 
over the whole course of my adult life from the time I came out of high school a lot of self-destructiveness you know where I, I just I would make bad choices that would prevent me from getting to med school hmm. and uh, so I think finally God put enough maturity in my in my bones to help me actually get there and uh, guided me into into this particular time and place to do it cool so when you go back, go back to med school you're how old I was 47 years old, by far the oldest guy in my class. We did have a number of other non-traditional students, but most of those were in their like early to mid-30s, and so I was sort of uh, the grandpa of the class. In fact, all the all the other kids in the class called me Papa Smurf uh, <laughs> because uh, I was the older guy there. there you yeah. go. So I, I think you know when when you think about you know going back to med school and um, you know having this calling um, in your life from the time even you were a young kid. Um, you know, I think a lot of people today who are Christians get this idea that um, following God's will for your life is going to be easy. Or like if you'll just do what God wants you to do, then your life will be better. Um, and I want to get more to that here in just a second, what you think about that mindset. Um, but... I know from just being your son and seeing it and living it um, that that journey wasn't always easy. What what are some challenges that maybe you've walked through um, through the process? Well, I think I, I've walked through a number of challenges, and one of those was simply growing up. I think almost through my entire life, I was uh, what I would call a late bloomer in terms of um, – what other kids seemed to go ahead and do early in life, I, I played around and did other things and then got there. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, while the, you know, the traditional way to go to med school, for example, would be to finish high school, go to four years of college, and then go to four years of med school um, and, and be done with that by the time you're, you know, 25, 26, 27 years old, uh, I always seemed to take the circuitous way to get there you know Mm -hmm. I had to find the the and part of that was based on my efforts to try to find the easiest way there Mm -hmm. I wanted the easy way out and I think a good life lesson is that there's not an easy way out if you want to do something significant Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a lot of people do believe that when God calls you to something that he's going to suddenly have you on the super highway that's paved and no traffic and no stoplights or anything and you're just going to be able to just slide right on down to where you're supposed to be with with all happiness and glee you know everything's going to be hunky-dory and 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 rosy for you but I think that's not biblical. If you look at all of the characters of the Bible who did anything significant, most of them had great struggle in doing that. Uh, you look at the story of David and how he had to really run for his life from Saul. Hmm. You look at the, the, you know, Moses and the children of Israel, and and I see their journey as very very uh, similar to my own because (laughs) I think a lot of my struggles were just like theirs. They were only a few days from the promised land when they left Egypt, but spent 40 years 
roaming around because they chose not to do exactly what God told them to do. And and I went through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I went through doing things my way mm-hmm. and not God's way. And um, uh, I went through a lot of time with a lot of pride and saying, hey, it's my way or the highway, and, and I'm going to do it how I want to do it. I'm not going to do it any other way. And I didn't acknowledge God. And because of that, uh, you know, I missed that that great verse in the Bible says that if you acknowledge God in everything you do, he directs your paths. And so I missed the direction of his path, uh, of my path in some cases because of that. Cool. Yeah. So as I was talking about just a second ago, um, and, and you, you mentioned it too, the, the idea that, you know, following God's will for your life is going to be easy. And like, I think a lot of people, if they lived the life that you've lived and they got to the point where they got accepted to med school and they started going to med school, they would think, okay, well, life's going to get a whole lot easier now. You know, I'm just going to be happy and, Mm -hmm. you know, life's just going to turn into this cakewalk. And you mentioned a little bit, just looking at the different characters of the Bible, but you know, the Bible very clearly says in Romans 8 that God works all things together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. How do you reconcile the struggles with that verse? Well, I think, you know, being called according to his purpose, um, you know, I think a lot of people do, and I know it's sort of a cliche, but a lot of people do chop that verse off. They say that all things work together for good, period. And you got to say the last part of the verse. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And I do believe I was called into medicine. But if you ignore that call or try to do that call in your own way, then I don't think God's going to always bless that. And I think you are going to have struggles. Now, having said that, I do not believe that if you're, let's, let's say that you are living your life perfectly in the center of God's will, you're still going to have struggles mm-hmm. because God uses struggles to mold us, to shape us, to teach us, and to, uh, I think, frankly, let us know that it's not all about us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would be very easy uh, Well, let me put it this way. I think that had I become a doctor back when I was 26, 27 years old, I think my mental attitude at that time, number one, I don't don't know that I would have made it through medical school at that time just because of my my attitudes Hmm. at the time. Uh, And so I think God maybe put me in med school when he did because he knew I was ready. (laughs) And it's sort of shameful to say it took me till I was 47 to be ready, but uh, I think he let me do a lot of other things along the way. Uh, But but there are going to be struggles. And uh, I heard a pastor on the radio the other day, and and I'm sure many of our listeners have have heard this as well, that if, if you're not facing struggles, then you're probably not in the center of God's will because the, the struggles that you face are Satan's way of trying to get in the way of your uh, your mission that God has put in front of you. 
And so I feel like when you're just sailing through life, you better take another look at where you are mm. and see if it's the right place. Um, you know, there's over in Philippians, you know, we have that, that well-known verse that says that uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I think a lot of people use that verse as a basis for the prosperity type gospel and, and saying, oh, well, you know, um, I can do all things. That means I can get rich. I can have a big house. I can have the best job. I win can, the baseball game. I can win the World Series, yeah. you know, whatever it is. <laughs> See you it know. on sports t-shirts all the time, and it's just like, that's yeah, not what the person's Yeah, I can about. do all things. And But if you look at the context of that, what Paul is really saying is that, yeah, you know, when things are going well, I can do that. God has taught me how to do that with humility and with grace. But when I'm struggling, when I've been in poverty, when I have been in prison, I can do those things through Christ because he strengthens me. And so that verse to me is a whole lot more about living the entire spectrum of what life offers. And it's not a formula for getting rich quick or, or being the best of everything, but it's realizing that whatever situation you're in, you can do it, whether it's bad or good, because of who Christ is in you. Um, just thinking about your journey through med school, and now you're on the other side. We were, we were talking when we went to lunch just a little bit ago. I mean, it's been 10 years now, which is crazy. To, to think since you since you graduated mm -hmm. um, from medical school, but um, even through the journey, <clears throat> what are some instances where God really just showed His faithfulness? Um, yeah, well, you know, I mentioned in my first year of college that I had sort of bombed out. I didn't do well because I didn't go to class and I didn't study and all that, and so you know, I, I failed some classes and and quit classes without without actually withdrawing from them, so I had a bunch of bad grades from that. But if you look at the overall spectrum of folks who go to med school, they're used to making good grades. I mean, most of these folks, you go through high school, you never struggle, you know, you make all A's. You go through college, you know, maybe A's and B's, you know. You, uh, and, and the fact is, if you don't have those grades, you're not going to get in med school. And I'm not saying that to brag on my grades, because heavens knows my, my grades were not that great in my first couple of years of college. But uh, one of the struggles, and I, I'm saying that to bring up this point, one of my struggles that I had where I just, I just suddenly was wondering if I had done the right thing, the very first exam I took in med school, I failed it. Uh, and it was a, a course on medical biostatistics. And uh, there were a lot of... Uh, sort of math problems and I, I love math I'm I'm pretty good at it actually you know if you just to be be frank but uh, but I failed that test because I had not been in the classroom in a while I you know didn't know what to expect from the test I failed it and uh, at the moment that I failed it that course was graded uh, on a on a term by term basis in other words um, each term was a separate section of that class. And it, was, it went throughout your first year, but we had three terms during the year, and each term was graded as a separate unit. 
And so uh, at the med school, if you fail two classes, then you're out of school. You know, you can't fail more than more than two class. If you fail one class, they give you a remedial, uh, uh, a chance for remediation. But if um, if you fail two, you're you're gone. You can reapply for admission, but you know, see how that goes. <laughs> and so I failed this first test, and I failed it uh, to the extent that I really sat and wondered if there was any possible way that I could recoup that on the next couple of tests for that term and actually pass that class that term and boy it just destroyed me i i was uh, i was scared to death that gosh i put all this effort into coming to med school i've told everybody what i'm doing and now i'm not going to make it and the day after i i mean i literally shed tears over that because I was scared to death that I had made the wrong decision. The next day at school, they announced that they had decided that that course would now be graded as a full-year course instead of a semester course. (laughs) And so now I've got the full year to make up instead of just that one term. And so it was just, it was a little thing, but it was like, Thank you, Lord. <laughs> now you've given me an opportunity where I can make this right and continue on, and uh, and it helped uh, me to to see my way through it. Uh, and I could I could name numerous times where I was struggling in a particular subject or or uh, thought I couldn't couldn't pass the test, and there was always a way that God got me through it. Uh, the other really bad struggle I had on on the road to being a doctor um, and for those who may not know once you finish your four years of college and your four years of med school then you're still not done you have to go do at least three years of a residency program in order to uh, get board certified in whatever your specialty is I'm uh, I happen to be boarded in family medicine but I've also done a lot of uh, emergency room work as well but um, uh, my residency um, was in, um, I'll, I'll just back up and tell a little story about residency here. When you are in med school, you, you decide what specialty you want to be. And because of my time in um, emergency medicine as a paramedic, I decided, well, I want to be an emergency medicine physician. And so I uh, applied to be an emergency medicine physician to be accepted to one of the residency programs for that specialty. And when uh, the match day came around, there's this there's one day in, in early spring when they run your names through a computer with all the programs who have who have interviewed you, and they take your preferences and the program's preferences, and they come out with a list of who made it into each of the specialties. And uh, to my great surprise, I was not selected for emergency medicine. And so those people who do not, and, and there's a significant number of people every year who don't get the specialty they want initially. And so you go into what is known as the scramble to then get another residency spot in probably another specialty. And I said, well, if I can't, 
if I can't do emergency medicine and I want to work in the emergency department, uh, which I did, um, then probably internal medicine or family medicine would be the next best shot. And so I had um, a friend who had graduated from uh, my medical school the year before me. He was at a residency program in Norton, Virginia. It was an internal medicine residency. And he saw my name come across the, the uh, list of those who did not match. And he called me and said, you should come here and you would, you would enjoy it. And so I did. I, I applied there and they accepted me. And I went up and began my residency in an internal medicine program in Norton, Virginia, which is in cold country. It's uh, in the mountains of western Virginia. A uh, very small town, very economically depressed area because the coal industry has, has been so depressed over the past uh, you know, couple of decades. And uh, for me, it turned out to be a very bad match. I didn't like the program, uh, and I'm not criticizing the program. It just wasn't for me. Um, and I was initially living up there by myself because... You were still in high school. You were, you were in your senior year, and Mom was still teaching here. And so you guys had to stay here for that final year of high school while I went off to residency. And uh, I would go to my residency assignment every day and then come back to my little uh, dark apartment, and I told Mom it felt like I was on a prison release program, you know, a work <laughs> release. I would go out every day, go do my work, and come back to my little prison. And the the mental, uh, the mental pressure of that, the stress of it, and the stress of residency itself, which is, is stressful just because it's residency, it's meant to be, uh, really took a toll on me. And by the end of the, about the first six months I was there, um, there were several things that had happened over that, that few months that sort of solidified this. But I told, uh, told Amy that if that was the way residency was, I would go back to the computer industry before I would do it. And I was convinced I had made a bad choice. And uh, literally felt like God was so far away from me. And why did you put me here? I guess a lot like Jonah in the going to Nineveh or, or in the belly of the whale. You know, what in the world are you doing, God? I mean, why? Hmm. And, you know, uh, and even questioning, God, are you even there right now? And uh, there was a young man in that community who had developed cancer and all of the churches in the community had put signs out on the street corners. And the signs simply said, God's got this. And that spoke to me. And I said, well, you know, maybe this isn't where I'm supposed to be, but God's got this. But I decided, uh, with no guarantee that I would find another residency spot, I decided to resign from that residency program. And I returned home for a period of about three months and uh, didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I actually investigated going back into the IT industry. I called up some old contacts and said, hey, you know, what, what are some of the prospects in case I need them? And at the end of the day, though, um, 
I just didn't, you know, I couldn't see how I could throw away the four years I'd spent in med school and and not try at least one more time. And so uh, I, um, when the scramble came around again that following spring, um, I uh, applied again to some other places, one of which I had applied to uh, the previous year when I had accepted the position in Norton, I applied to a family medicine program in uh, Danville, Virginia. And um, when I talked to the director there, she said, hey, didn't I talk to you last year? And I said, yeah, you did. And uh, she said, yeah, I remember you. She said, uh, so w- we do have a couple of spots open. We'd be happy to take you up here. And in my mind, the residency year starts in July, so I was thinking, well, gosh, I'm going to just be out here from January through July waiting, you know, to go back into this next residency year. And so I was going to lose about six or seven months of residency time and have to do all that and and be essentially late getting done with residency. And I said, so uh, you'll want me to come up and be there in July? And she said, no, I want you to come now. <laughs> and I said, wow, you know. And she said, yeah. She said, uh, our next employee orientation is in about three weeks from now. Why can't you just come on up and start now? And so I wound up only losing about three months of residency, which I had to make up at the end of the end of my time. Which, but uh, three months, a lot better than six or seven. Yeah. And I got there and absolutely loved the program, not saying that there weren't hurdles and stresses and and everything I had to go through, Um, but but it turned out to be a great option for me, and I I finished residency there, graduated, passed the board exams uh, with with really good scores, and, and, uh, you know, God brought me finally to becoming a physician. But if I could, I'd like to mention just two other things that happened along this journey that I think are examples of, of um, life getting in the way and perhaps Satan trying to throw wrenches into what you're doing. In my third year in medical school, I found out that I had prostate cancer. And boy, you, you think, gosh, I, I'm in my third year medical school, just started into my clinical rotations, and now you're telling me I've got cancer and I'm going to have to go through surgery, um, which I did. I, I had a total prostatectomy done. And um, and then I'm going to be out of, out of rotations for about a month. And it's like, gosh, you know, that could throw me late graduating with my class and so that works on you mentally but then I I started praying through it and working through it with the school officials and discovered that if I worked over the Christmas break instead of taking that break off and working uh, first couple of weeks of that summer that I could still stay on schedule to graduate and God allowed me to go through the surgery without any complications and to get right back into my rotations at the end of uh, that month that I was off. And uh, it worked out well until the end of my first year in residency. Um, 
whenever you have prostate cancer, you have to keep track of your prostate enzymes. And if they start going up, then that's, that could indicate that you have a recurrence of the cancer, even if you've had uh, the, the removal of the prostate. And <clears throat> my enzymes started going back up. And so here I am, you know, I've just gone through all this stuff over in Norton, Virginia, and so, you know, God, what are you doing? You're telling me my cancer's back now. So, you know, what's the deal? Well, as it turns out, where I'm going to residency, there's a radiation treatment center right across the street from the hospital that belongs to the hospital. And so I went and talked with, uh, talked with my urologist who had originally treated me, and then I went and talked with the oncologist for uh, cancer care and they said yeah we can get you set up to come over here every day you'll come over here every day for about 12 weeks and we'll zap you with radiation and uh, see if we can't get this knocked down and so I literally would go work in the hospital as a resident as a resident physician for a while in the morning and at a certain time every day of the week I would uh, uh, you know say goodbye for a few minutes to my to my uh, attending physicians and go over and uh, lay on the table and get <laughs> zapped and uh, and uh, then get dressed again go back to the hospital and go back to work and I did that for three months and um, <laughs> you know it's just you never know what's going to happen but I never doubted that I, I thought God wanted me to be in medicine uh, there were times I sort of doubted, did I do the right thing? But, you know, you always have that thought in the back of your mind, did I do the right thing? Did I understand you right, God? But as much as God had weighed on my heart through the many, many years to go to med school, I just, I kept repeating to myself, I, all that can't be wrong. Hmm. There's got to be a reason. And uh, ultimately, it, it worked. And uh, I think that is God working all things together for good hmm. and uh, learning through that, maybe learning some humility through it <laughs> and, and realizing that, that God is in control of it no matter what the struggles you're going through. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, and I think that answers the last question, you know. But um, is there any other way, um, just thinking about somebody maybe who's listening to this who <clears> – <throat> regardless of the situation, they just feel like God's not there or they feel like what they're doing isn't the right thing. What advice would you have for someone in that position? Yeah, I, I think that when God wants you to do something, he places within you a uh, the term that I read in a book one time uh, was a, quote, burning desire and just eating at you. And I went through years of my life when I was doing other things, including uh, working as a paramedic and, and working especially when I was in the, the computer business, of just having this constant gnawing feeling mm that you're not where you're supposed to be. And so I think God will prod you as long as you're seeking him. I think he will prod you to be where you're supposed to be. And if you're not there, 
uh, I think it becomes almost unbearable to get where you're supposed to be. Now, you can choose to ignore that, and I did <laughs> many times. But I think if it is God's will, he's not going to let that go. Um, and he won't let you let it go for very long. The other thing I would say to people is uh, I, I don't ever want to hear anybody tell me that they're too old to do something. Hmm. Um, you know, if you look at the, and I know people in the Bible, and especially in the Old Testament, lived a lot longer than we do now. But if you look at the many examples throughout the Bible, you know, you think of Abraham telling God that there's no way that he and his, his wife Sarah could have kids. They were too old. And God said, no, no, you don't understand <laughs> who you're talking to here. I can do this. And, of course, they had children well beyond the age when most people do. Um, you look at how many years Joseph spent doing what he did. And I think uh, Pastor Shane mentioned a while back that he was probably in his 80s or something when when he finally became, you know, a leader um, in the situation that he was in. But until then, he had to go through all of these struggles. And so um, I hear people all the time now tell me, well, I would go back to school, but I'm too old. I uh, don't want to hear it. I, I think if that's God's will for you, if that's where you're meant to be, then there will be a way for you to do it. And I think if you don't do it, you're risking. Look, the one thing I could not bear when I finally decided to go back, and God led me back to this, the one thing I could not bear is thinking that one day I'm going to be sitting in my rocker at 75 or 80 years old going, why didn't you try? Hmm. Why didn't you try? And um, one of the one of the sort of secular sayings that comes back to me is from Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. And it says that if he succeeds, you know, if the man who tries succeeds, you know, great. But if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly. Hmm. And his, so that he will never be counted among those souls who know neither victory nor defeat. And I think God didn't have any room in, in Scripture, if you read all the characters that he dealt with, those people either went out and they got beat or they went out and they triumphed, but they didn't just sit on their hands. Mm-hmm. And all of the great characters of the Bible experienced some victory and some defeat, but they were confident throughout that God would guide them through it. That's good. Well, I hope that... Um I mean, there's just so much there that you you could take from. I know me personally, you know, growing up, looking at you, like it's just been like life lesson after life lesson, just seeing it lived out in front of me. And um, well, I hope you I hope you saw how to do things and how not to do things. <laughs> a little bit of both, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> because uh, a lot a lot of my life has been, gosh, if I could just teach you not to do it the way I did it, mm. you'd probably be better off. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, dad, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. And, um, it's been a privilege. I I hope that what we've talked about has been a blessing to somebody out there. And that, um, if, if you're out there looking at a a choice you have to make and God's prompting you toward it, uh, jump in the fire. Don't, uh, don't stand outside the fire as that song says, Mm. you know, 
go go get in and do what you got to do. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys have a great week, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks again so much for listening to our podcast today. The Rejoicing Together podcast is a ministry of Maysville Baptist Church. We hope and pray that this episode has encouraged and will challenge you to grow in your faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you would like more information about the church, our other ministries, or information on how to support those ministries, please visit maysvillebaptist.net. If you have questions about today's episode, or would like to speak with a pastor, please contact the church. Again, thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a blessed day.